honestly, I feel like I might have been Cyrano de Bergerac or something because none of that banter was present in person. And this was like one of the most awkward dates I've ever been on in my life. Welcome back for what I am so excited to announce as the one year anniversary episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. Honestly, I can hardly believe it. I'm shocked that we made it through the collective horror of the past year. And I'm also super grateful that I can just look back at this podcast as at least one positive thing to come out of all of this. So initially I was trying to figure out how do I even begin to commemorate this milestone? And as tempting as it was to just round up all of my favorite deal breakers, fuck Mary kills and would you rathers from the past year, I rethought that strategy because at its core, this is a podcast of collective dating stories and experiences. So I figured I'd take this time to give a more in-depth peek into my own dating life beyond the anecdotes that I share during guest interviews with kind of a summary of my most memorable dates from the start of the pandemic to present. And note that this is decidedly not a list of top dating stories, because as you'll see, some of these are dates that I definitively would not willingly repeat. So I'll kick off this first story and You know, this was honestly not even so much a date as it was one of the more extreme physical experiences that I've ever put my body through. So this guy, he'd invited me to go on a hike for what I think was like our sixth date. And the act of hiking itself really isn't typically a big deal, especially during the stages of the pandemic when there wasn't much else to do anyway. What made this particular hike memorable is that he suggested a Will Rogers trail that was 17 miles long. And I honestly set myself up for failure because the night before I had actually stayed up until an obscene hour because I was editing the two-part episode that I had recorded with my ex. It was scheduled to come out that Sunday. And since I knew my entire Saturday was going to be consumed with this hike and hanging out afterwards, I just had to get it done all four hours of it. So I got almost no sleep. I meet up with him in Pacific Palisades at 7 a.m. so we can get sustenance for this excursion. And then I started what wound up being a seven hour hike in total. And I've hiked this length on one separate occasion. Shout out to my friend Amanda's birthday at Mount Wilson. But this time actually wound up being excruciating because instead of just wearing, you know, my regular sneakers, I decided to wear hiking shoes to be a little more official. And I have since thrown those hiking shoes out because they are so uncomfortable. On the way up, I had kind of powered through at a pretty impressive pace, even according to him, partially to show off, you know, how in shape I was. But then on the way down, I actually wound up going even slower because my shoes at that point had me practically limping. And by the time we made it to the end of this hike, I literally never wanted to walk again. And these shoes, like, it was so bad that they even fucked up my toenails and my potential asking price for feet pics has truly, like, never been the same since. 
But the real kicker is that maybe like one hour into the hike, we start talking about our dating histories, which hadn't come up during any of the five previous dates. And that's when he revealed that he'd been in a relationship just a couple of months prior, and he really wasn't ready to be in one again or date seriously at all. And honestly, had I known that the aftermath of that hike would be my body being in literal disrepair and him freaking out because we were just looking for different things, I honestly would have just turned around and gone home at that point. So hindsight 2020. The second story honestly wasn't that memorable from a date perspective, but it did end with me borderline physically assaulting someone in the midst of the pandemic. And I've mentioned before on the podcast how I ran into one of my former coworkers. I gave her and her husband a hug without realizing the ramifications of that until after the fact. And so the backstory there is that I was on a first date at the Grove and, you know, it was really just pretty forgettable, pretty disappointing. There was no chemistry, no memorable conversation. He didn't offer to buy my lunch at the food court. Like at one point I realized that he had picked a place that he could literally walk to from his apartment. So just no real effort either. And so I'm just kind of reflecting on this. My feet are also legitimately in pain during the walk from the Grove to the park where we ate our lunch at because I foolishly decided to wear heels. And now like reflecting on this and realizing how much suffering I apparently put my feet through just for bad dates this past summer. And so we finish our lunch, getting ready to finally go home. And because I had just been eating, my mask was off. And in a moment of forgetfulness, I just like forgot to put it back on as I'm throwing my food away. And before I even make it to the trash can, I heard my name, which just like really caught me off guard. So I look around and I see my former coworker with her husband and some other people like also picnicking in the park. And I'm just kind of awkwardly figuring out how to introduce this literal stranger to them without admitting to the fact that we're on a date and like having to go into all of that. And I go in to hug them and try to force some sort of normalcy. And clearly this just made things entirely worse. And so, you know, we haven't really talked since then. So hopefully she doesn't think I'm some anti-masker. I hope she wasn't worried that I exposed her to COVID at that point. But yeah, just a general faux pas that was caused by my awkwardness and preoccupation at the time. So then we get to our third date and this one honestly shouldn't have happened at all. This was like in the midst of LA being under a fairly tight curfew during the June protests. And I'd been texting with this guy for a little while prior to that. And we honestly had like a pretty solid banter. He seemed really witty. We'd had a few really solid dad jokes in our conversation that had landed for me. And so I was actually really interested to see how our banter translated in person. Unfortunately, I think the first day we were supposed to meet up was also the first day that the curfew was instated. And from there, it just kept getting extended for a few days. And it just was unclear if it was going to be lifted before I left town for the following weekend. So in the interest of meeting up before all of this momentum was lost, we agreed to pick up food at a restaurant before everything closed at like 6 p.m., and then just eat it back at my place. And huge disclaimer, not a move that I would recommend in really any circumstance, but here we are. And honestly, I feel like I might have been Cyrano de Bergerac or something because none of that banter was present in person. And this was like one of the most awkward dates I've ever been on in my life. It was just 
extremely uncomfortable. And one thing about me, I really can't fake my body language or even my facial expressions when I'm truly not into something. And just given my level of disinterest in this guy towards the end of the date, like I imagine it was relatively apparent. And so I cannot believe this happened. So at one point, He looks at his phone and he gets this text from his friend and he says that his friend had told him that the 101 freeway, which he needed to take to get back to his place, was closed, the implication being that that was somehow related to the curfew. And so then this man has the audacity to look at me and say, I don't know how I'm going to get home. I might have to spend the night here. Excuse me? Like... I honestly wish that I could have captured the look on my face at that point, because I think I said something like, you know, there really must be some other route for you to take. There's no way that they closed down all the streets that lead back to your place. But my face definitely said, no, the fuck you aren't. But honestly, like maybe my face has trained itself to be more diplomatic over the years because he did actually text me to ask when we could hang out again. And of course, I just have to say he did not spend the night at my place. He left, he made it home. So clearly that was bullshit. Um, and yeah, so he asked me out again, though, when I did say that I wasn't really feeling a romantic connection, of course he responded with, I agree because, you know, got to say face. So I imagine any of you who are still listening to this train wreck are probably feeling a little bit badly for me and assuming that my dating life is just 100% messy. So in order to spare some of my dignity, I'm going to pivot and I'll end with three date stories that were actually worthwhile. And I'll start with the date that I went on the day before LA first enforced its stay at home order last March. So coincidentally, my first date with this guy wound up being a FaceTime date before they were the thing to do. And it wasn't because I was like super omniscient about what was to come, but it was actually because I'd already had a date scheduled for the night that he had originally asked me out. And so I suggested a FaceTime afterwards as an alternative to just postponing. And my expectations for that FaceTime were honestly pretty muted. And it was partially because the in-person date that I'd had immediately prior to that was literally like pulling teeth to make conversation with a guy who had lied about voting just to get a free macaroon at a cafe. And also, I mean, I just assumed that any FaceTime date was bound to be kind of uncomfortable. So I was pretty pleasantly surprised to find out that not only did the conversation flow really easily, this guy actually looked like his best profile photo, which basically made him a unicorn on the app. Of course, it wouldn't be a true FaceTime date if there wasn't some sort of awkwardness. And so his phone did die abruptly and cut us off mid conversation. But in spite of that, we picked up where we left off and we wound up scheduling an in-person date for what happened to be the day before the stay-at-home order went into effect. And at this point, we obviously didn't know that the order was coming, but it was definitely at that stage where people were starting to freak out and subsequently cancel established plans. And at one point, we had exchanged some texts expressing concern about whether we should meet. But to be honest, this was the first first date that I'd been legitimately excited about in a while. So I was basically like, no, fuck that. We're meeting up. And I'm truly so glad I did because the date shockingly lived up to my already high expectations. 
And honestly, I feel like when you have dates, like the three that I had just described previously, it is so necessary to have those good dates to remind you of what it's like to actually connect with someone and to like have someone do the things that make you feel special. Like in this case, it was just like a really genuine compliment that I still remember at the start of the date that showed, oh, this person is legitimately excited to be on this date with me also. And then just like the chivalry of paying for dinner and drinks without making it weird. And so it was definitely worth it, even though it felt a little bit taboo, if I'm being honest. And so there's actually a through line between this date and the next noteworthy one that I'm about to mention, because that first date did turn into a few more over a period of like two months, but many of them wound up reverting to FaceTime dates after it became clear that like the shutdown was not in fact going to be a two week sprint to flatten the curve. And I decided to head down to San Diego for a month Um, so we didn't see each other in person, obviously during that time. And then things didn't really wind up progressing after I got back. That is until this guy randomly reached out literally actually the day after that 17 mile hiking date. So I get this text from him. We exchange a few messages and agree to meet up. And we hung out three times after that text exchange before I reluctantly sprung the what are we conversation on him when he actually thought that we were just going to hook up, you know, so basically every guy's dream scenario. And somehow, despite the less than ideal nature of this conversation, we wound up deciding to be exclusive. But that wasn't really like even the most noteworthy part of this saga. So two days after we've had this conversation, decided to be exclusive, not even official at this point, I spontaneously agreed to join him on this five-day camping trip that he had already planned. So he was going on it whether I came with him or not. And this was someone who I'd literally spent no more than five consecutive hours with. And suddenly he was going to be my road trip companion on like a 10 hour drive each way and next to me for five consecutive nights in like a tent. And arguably this is even a worse decision than inviting someone over to your house on a first date when the city is on a curfew. And yet somehow miraculously the trip went off without a single hitch. And the fact that I am even trying to grasp right now for one small thing to cite as like, oh, this was our only conflict and cannot think of anything is wild and really shocking, like even to this day. So not long after this trip, we actually like did make things official. And so for a period of time, I was in a relationship with this guy last fall But even a really well-aligned travel style isn't always enough to sustain a relationship. And so we did end things, and it wasn't because of any eventual disagreements or anything like that. It was really just more for personal reasons that he had to work through and just didn't feel like he could do while being in a relationship. So it ended. Of course, I couldn't truly maintain my self-admitted title of being a reluctant carry without a recurring love interest. You know, neither my blog nor my shoe collection are substantial enough to sustain that title on their own. So the sixth and final date that I'll recap actually took place with this same guy a couple months later. And, you know, we ended with no hard feelings, but 
I still was legitimately convinced that we'd like put a bow on things. We'd gotten some closure over the holidays. And even when he did reach out again in January of this year, my first thought was that he just wanted to, you know, make sure my Achilles was healing and that I wasn't actually going to be immobilized forever because he was actually the person I was with when I tore it. But, you know, the conversation did expand beyond more than a medical inquiry, and eventually it evolved into some flirty texts and a dinner invite that uncoincidentally took place on Valentine's Day. And so we rekindled things, and a few weeks later, we decided to make things official again. And so that is my update. That's where my current relationship status stands serious enough to immortalize it in this podcast feed, but truly still unsure how to answer when people ask how long we've been dating. So there's that. And that is the sometimes chaotic snapshot of my dating life and updates over the course of the pandemic to date. And I really just want to close out this episode by taking a moment to truly thank everyone who's tuned in for any part of this journey over the past year. It means so much to me to think that literally anyone is interested in listening to this, and I hope that you'll continue to do so. And I just ask if I've shared anything that has resonated with you or made you feel seen or made you laugh that you help others discover this show by sharing about interstates and heartbreak on social media, you know, maybe even with a screenshot of the episode you're listening to now, hint, hint. And just so, you know, other people can experience the same thing. And I'm really excited to see where the show goes and to be even more vulnerable and open about my own life in the process, starting with next week's episode where two of my high school friends actually interview me and put me in the hot seat about my dating life past and present. So stay tuned and stay breaking hearts, but you know, like only theoretically in more of a hot girl summer kind of way. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.